Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Kevin Vanderput. If you know, you know, uh, we've been in a series uh, around Psalm 103, which is really a continuation from our series on stewardship. It could be the same series, really. Um, and the stewardship one was around our hearts and Psalm 103 is maybe more around our minds, if we could put it that way. But last week, we looked at the um, beginning of the chapter, uh, Psalm 103. And uh, if you remember, it starts like this. It says, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. And we had three takeaways last week, if you were there in the homes. Uh, if you were there, you know, we had little pots and we, we planted seeds because they represent like what we think on and what we dwell on, takes roots, etc. Uh, three takeaways. Who remembers any of them at all? One thing that we talked about or there was like three points we tried to touch upon. What do you guys remember? Yes, there was something about, oh, no, that was the week before. But that's really good. Legacy, yes. But that's even more amazing because you remember what we spoke about two weeks from then. Yes, when we talked about builders versus holiday makers, we talked about living a legacy and just, you know, building something bigger than ourselves, which is amazing. But last week we had really three takeaways and I'm going to keep bringing them to you, right? So take notes, remember, maybe put them on your fridge and then on Sunday before leaving, you're like, oh yeah, okay, I can answer Kevin then. Um, I mean, we'll try to have three. It's not a religious thing. <laughs> it's just easy to remember. But we want to worship with our whole being, right? Mind, body, and soul, spirit, everything together. We want to choose to remember, right? David said, hey, um, forget not all his benefits. Choose to remember the things that God did for you. And we want to have a mind renewed because as we choose to remember, as we dwell upon the good things that God has done for us, it helps renew our mind and uproot some stuff and root some uh, new stuff in. So that was our three point worship with your being. Choose to remember, renew your mind. Now this week, we're going to jump into the second part of that um, little chapter in Psalm 103. And we're going to look at verses 6 to 12. They're going to come up on the screen but it says this the Lord works righteousness and justice for all of the oppressed he made known his ways to Moses his deeds to the people of Israel the Lord is compassionate and gracious slow to anger abounding in love he will not always accuse nor will he harbor his anger forever he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities for as high as the heavens are above the earth so great is his love for those who fear him as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us isn't that so good that is very encouraging i want to read verse 7 again and we'll start from there it says this he made known his ways to moses his deeds to the people of israel now notice what's happening here right because it's so powerful and actually, we see this happen a few times in the Word when you, when you look at, you zoom out, look at big, bigger picture stuff. But look at the difference between Moses and the rest of the people. God revealed who he was to Moses, right? His characters, his plans, etc. in a way that Israel never knew, right? God revealed who he was to Moses. Israel just got to see his acts and deeds, right? What he did. Um, Moses got to know who he was. Israel got to see what he did. Can you see the difference there? And the difference there is intimacy, right? The difference there is intimacy. It's that closeness, that intimacy that Moses had with God that the rest of Israel didn't, right? And in Exodus, it speaks uh, of Moses and it says this, as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they stood and worshipped each at the entrance of their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one would speak to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Can you see this? 
God spoke, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one would speak to a friend. Again, it's speaking of that place of intimacy, of closeness, face to face. Let's speak with one another. Let's talk about what's on our heart. Let's talk about who I am, who you are, what that means. How beautiful is that picture? Moses knew who God was. Israel just got to see the deeds and the acts of the Lord. Now, before we go any further into this message, because I... I do believe it's an important message, but it can be quite in your face, if that makes any sense, or quite direct. Um, and I, I, I do believe this morning that the, those words are so significant. So I want you to hear them. And there's this little tiny big thing that every Christian deals with in their lives. Um, it's called familiarity. Have you ever heard of that term, familiarity? Um, <laughs> Familiarity is really dangerous uh, because we, we, we all fall victim to it, I believe, at some point. Uh, it's there, myself included. But it, it's something we have to intentionally fight, right? What am I talking about? You know when Jesus started his ministry and then he went back to his hometown. Do you remember that passage with his disciples? And it is said of that place that Jesus could not do many miracles there. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Now, what was happening there? The people in his hometown knew Jesus as a little boy and saw him growing up and oh he's the son of the carpenter um they had known him a long time had known who he was uh, who he was before his ministry and they treated him with contempt right they, they treated him with familiarity they didn't treat him as the messiah the holy one the king right so familiarity now you you, you see that happen again later on when uh, for instance jesus goes into the temple um and, and see all the people uh, uh you know selling stuff and whatever and he flips over the table and he says, you have made the house of my father a den of robbers what happens there the people that were around the temple the people who got familiar with this place with what it was and started treating it with contempt right that's familiarity. Now, hear me out here. Hear me out here. I'm not saying that I want to be heard or I want you to listen to me more or whatever it is. I'm saying that we can all become a bit too familiar with church, right? Uh, uh, we come here week in, week out. We sing similar songs week in, week out. We hear a message week in, week out. There's an encounter every month. There's this, there's that. We're in, a, we're in this like just motion thing. And we can treat it all with a little bit of familiarity. And actually, well, does it really make a difference if I show up this Sunday? Does it really make it? Uh, do, do you know what I'm, where I'm getting at? And, and this is not a, a rebuke. This is just a, a thing of I need to check my heart. And I think we all need to check our heart sometimes to consciously make a decision not to give in to familiarity because we do church. But actually, that's not why we're here. We're not here to do church. We're not here to put on a service. We're not here to have nice... We're here to meet with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, right? And he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And every time we enter his presence, there should be this weightiness, this expectation, this... I'm in the presence of God here. Do you know what I mean? Are you get, You're getting what I'm saying, right? All right. Thank you, Jesus. This is God's space. When we, whether it's here, whether it's in homes, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is standing there. Familiarity is a dangerous thing. And so we want to, we just want to, don't fall into that today or any Sunday because it's so easy. Because actually it's the same when we worship, right? I was talking about similar songs and things. Every time, we come into this place and start worshiping. We cannot treat it like another worship set, like just another 20 minutes and then it's over. God wants to take us further than we've ever been before. In that moment, there is places, things, levels, whatever you want to put on that we've never tapped into in worship, right? God wants to lead us there, but we got to be willing to be led there. And if we just rock up and sing a few songs and we do the right stuff, we put our hands up, we maybe go on our knees, we whatever. But we're not really there. Do you know what I'm saying? And I, I've done that. I'm, I'm not saying, you guys are wrong. I've done that. And I'm so, there's this song this guy wrote, um, you might have heard it recently. Um, 
he says, um, I'm, so, I'm sorry for all the times that I've just gone through the motion. I'm sorry for, um, and he just goes on, just apologizing to God. And then he says something along the lines of, I'm coming back to you, Jesus. I'm here for you, Jesus. Whatever the song is. Timmy, do you know the song? No, you don't know the song. I'm messing it up. Anyway, it's a great song. Um, and I can't remember who wrote it now. But just this place of honesty when he was singing, I was like, this guy's onto something here. And so often we can just come and, and treat all of this with a little bit of familiarity, a little bit of content. But actually this is not just any other Sunday. Next Sunday is not just any other Sunday, right? There is a sense of expectation of faith that needs to rise in us because God responds to that faith. He responds to that expectation. I need you to hear these words that we're going to follow now this morning and take them to heart because God is leading us into something truly special. And I need you to see that. Is that okay? All right, so familiarity. Let's go back to, to Moses. I just... It's important to set that up because, because of what we're going to talk about. Moses, uh, he knew God like others didn't, right? And we all have this opportunity. Now, Israel had this, that opportunity, kind of messed it up, so they didn't have that opportunity anymore. But because of what Jesus has done on the cross, we all have the opportunity to know God, know Jesus like Moses did, right? That intimacy, that place of friendship, that place of closeness. We all have that opportunity to not only know what God does, know of his deeds, know of his goodness out there. Oh yeah, God does miracles, that, that, but you know who he is, to know what's on his heart, to know what his plans are. God wants to speak to you about all these things. Share those things like to your friends, not to an acquaintance you know of. You know what I mean? He wants to reveal things of his character to you. We, we, we see that in the next verses of the Psalm 103. Um, if we read again from 8 to uh, 11 or whatever. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Can you see how the first bit of that is all about who God is? And we learn more and more from God as we spend time in his presence, right? But there is these few words at the end there, for those who fear him. Now, some of you are part of Marcel and Peter's small group, and you read in the book, The Awe of God, right? Uh, and that book is all about living with that fear of the Lord. Now, I have to set something up, right? When we say fear of the Lord, it's not about being afraid of God, right? We need to set that up because we've been talking about intimacy and closeness. You cannot be intimate or close to someone you're afraid of, right? That's, that's, that's never going to work. No, what we're talking about is a holy awe, a reverence of God, right? He is God. He is King of kings, Lord of lords, and we should treat him like so. I think too often we think now in the West of God as the daddy, the good guy. The, the f He's holy. He's worthy. He's majestic as well. And we need to treat him like that. Yes, he's the friend, but he's also Lord and Savior. He's also almighty God. And when we say the fear of the Lord is living with that awe and reverence of God, you are my God. My life is yours. And whatever you say goes. Do you know what I mean? Our lives are lived for him and him alone when we live with that fear of the Lord. And that means a certain way of life that we need to adopt, right? We just can't carelessly live about as Christians. That's not what we are called to do. We need to live with God in mind at all times. Jesus as our example, right? Do you remember these bracelets? Uh, we all were at some point, uh, maybe I did, uh, WWJD, what would Jesus do, right? Uh, what would Jesus, maybe it should have been uh, WDJD, what did Jesus do, right? Jesus is our example. Let's look at what he did and actually did and let's reproduce that rather than wondering, what would he do? No, what did he do? And let's take that as an example to move forward. Anyway, I'm getting carried away here. Um, everything we do should reflect that, right? Right? I want to read another passage together today that's been eye-opening to me in the last few days, right? Uh, we went off to this conference as a leadership, so all the congregation pastors and Clive and Jane and Simon, um, and it was great. And this guy was speaking there, uh, he's leader of a big church, and um, he was sharing on Judges 13. Uh, and, um, and just to give you some context, and I thought, you know what, it's, 
This is part of what God's saying to us right now. This is part of what God is doing in us right now. Anyway, this story in Judges 13 uh, is quite interesting. Uh, God speaks to Samson's mom um, and, and she can't have children at that point. And he says, hey, you're going to be pregnant. You're going to get pregnant and you're, you're going to have this child. And, and, and he tells her about the child and, and her and her husband had been unable to conceive. But when the angel of the Lord came to tell her that, the husband wasn't there, right? He, I don't know. He was off somewhere like husbands are so often. Um, <laughs> but he was off somewhere. And so he comes back and she tells him, hey, 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 this guy came and he said, I'm going to be pregnant and we're going to have a kid and it's going to be so good. And the husband's reaction is, okay, great. Um, I have a few questions so this guy really needs to come back, really. So he goes to the Lord and says, Lord, can you please send whoever you send again so that I can ask him questions? And then we jump into the verses. And it says, I'm reading for the, from the ESV, but it says this. Oh, his name is Manoah, by, by the way, the dad, Manoah. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, right, we just said this. Oh, Lord, please let the man of God whom you send come again to us and teach us what we are to do with the child who will be born. So again, he was like, I got questions. This guy going to come back. He got to be here because uh, I got questions. And God listened to the voice of Manoah and the angel of God came again to the woman and she sat as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. He really doesn't take a hint, does he? Anyway, he was away again somewhere. So the woman ran quickly and told her husband, behold, the man who came to me the other day has appeared to me again. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said to him, are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, now, when your words come true, what is to be the child's manner of life and what is his mission? What a weird question to ask, don't you think? Like, fascinating, but they haven't been able to conceive a child for so long, you'd think he'd just be happy to have a, to have a kid. You know, like, yeah, let's rejoice. Thank you, Jesus. No, he makes the guy come back to ask him this. When your words come true, what is to be the child's manner of life and what is his mission? Now, it's not the first time in those sort of story that someone asks questions, but usually like Zechariah uh, or um, like, like Gideon as well, they're asking for a sign, right? Like, Lord, show me a sign that these words that you've spoken will come true. That's not what he's doing though. Manoah starts by saying, when your words come true. So he's in a total place of faith about this, right? He's not doubting that they will have a kid, but he's a step further. He's like, when these words come true, I need wisdom. What is the manner of life that this child needs to follow? And what is going to be his mission in life? I actually think there's a lot of wisdom in Manoah's questions. Because today in our world, right, whether the world or the church, we can be so focused on the mission, right? We can be so focused on the mission. Uh, there, there is such a focus on that. We, 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 we want to know what God calls us to. We want to know what, what our purpose is, what big things we might do in the future. Uh, uh, but, but, but also, you know, you'll, you'll ask kids just in the world, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Or, or when I meet new guys that are not Christians, the first question is usually, hi, I'm Kevin, nice to meet you. Hi, I'm Bob, nice to meet you. Um, so what do you do? <laughs> it, it just, that's usually the first, especially with guys, I think, what do you do? Um, and even in the Bible, you see that time and time again, people are inquiring about their purpose, their mission, and that's all great. But have you ever stopped and asked this? What is my manner of life to be like? What does my manner of life need to be like? Because I think maybe we talk we don't talk so much about that part. The truth is, you can't accomplish your mission in life if your manner of life isn't established to support wherever that mission needs to go. Am I making sense? You cannot have one or the other. If you don't have the right manner of life, you won't be able to fulfill your mission in life. And at the most basic level, our mission, I can tell you what it is, your mission, your purpose, your whatever is to be in love with Jesus, is to be in there with him, to get to know him, to be so overtaken by him, being completely in love, saturated, filled with Jesus. Because if we are not, everything we do outside of that, when we go, when we go out, when we carry the commission, when we, 
if we are not full of who God is in that sense, if we are not completely taken over by who he is, it won't carry the same effect, right? Um, We had a powerful time at the encounter on Wednesday. And we had a powerful time at Dwell on Tuesday. And, And some things have been coming out which led to this word really that I'm speaking to you and why I think it's so important because I can see I can see how God is leading us I can see you you might not notice it yeah but there's just something that God is doing that we need to be very obedient in this space and watch where we go from here so Beata had this word at um, the encounter on Wednesday just you mind giving me the jug of water is that right um, and she read from Ezekiel um, and it says this, it's a very, oh, you have it already. You're so good at this. Um, Ezekiel 47, you will know this passage, right? It says this, as the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another, you get it, but now a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was so, and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? And I want to ask us the same question today. Do you see this? Do you see how God wants to take us deeper? Do you see what God is doing, stirring? And although I'm, I'm young by many standards, right? I've been around the church for long enough. I've heard people scream the R word, word so much, right? Revival, the R word, yeah. Uh, but, but lately, if you take a closer look at what God has been doing, you'll see that there is stumf- something stirring around the church and something stirring around our church as well. Like God is moving pieces of a puzzle, like he's setting us up for what is coming. But with that, he needs to adjust as well us he needs to adjust maybe our manner of life for what is coming and we need to let him Claire at the same encounter on Wednesday alongside that scripture that Beata read had a picture of a sponge right now um I've done a similar thing before but again I love visuals and you all know that and I think they stick in your mind like none of my words will ever do so let's fill the oh hold on She had a picture of a sponge, right? And alongside that, um, Claire was sharing. She was sharing how the sponge, obviously we all know, soaks up its environment, right? And when we squeeze it, that might not be enough water, but we'll deal with it. Um, When we squeeze it, you know, it all comes out of the sponge. Now, here's the thing though. You have a sponge, this represents you, right? If I only put the sponge sort of ankle deep, let's say, right? When you bring it out and you squeeze it, only this much water comes out, right? If I put half the sponge in, let's try it, right? You'll have a bit more when squeezed. It will work, mate. It'll be fine. Because otherwise I'm going to have water everywhere. Sorry to make you run about, right? Halfway, you had a little bit more water. Now let's see what happens when the sponge is completely soaked, right? So it's not ankle deep, it's not knee deep, it's not waist deep, it's completely taken over by God, who he is. Look how much water then is poured out and there is more and more and more that can still come out. That is what God is calling us to be like. When we speak about our manner of life, this is what God is saying, be completely soaked taken over, completely, I don't know, absorbing everything that I am. Because can you see when I say we just go and we are not completely in love with Jesus, taken over by who he is, spending, our manner of life is not there. Only this little bit comes out. Now, it's still something coming out. It's still good. Do you know what I mean? It's better than nothing coming out. Better than nothing coming out, right? And we've been, I believe, at an ankle deep level, right? And that's been nice. It's been cool. Our feet are in the water. Yesterday we were at the sea. Feet in the water was very cold. But God wants to take us beyond that, right? And we've seen some fruit. And we've seen some of God's goodness. 
none of this has been wrong or bad. Hear my heart here. But it's been this much. When God is saying, look at how much I can do over here. Look at how much there is. But if we don't adjust our manner of life, we won't be able to sustain this much of what God wants to do. So much comes out of that sponge when it's completely submerged, right? And the only way to be like that, my iPad's taking water. The only way to be like that is to spend time with God, make him a priority, right? How many of you know that everything that God does has a purpose, right? We know that in our head. God is not the God of, I just wake up and do whatever today, right? He has a plan. He's had a plan from the beginning and he will have a plan till the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega, right? God doesn't work in isolated events, right? I shared this at the end of the encounter, so I'm sorry for those who are hearing that again. But right now, at this moment, God is building something, Every time we come into his presence, whether that's in your own time or together as a body, every time we come into his presence, it's like building blocks that God is adding one onto the other. And if you've been hearing everything I've been saying, I've been mentioning building blocks quite a bit, but I can see it. I can see those blocks being added. And when we come together, we're not just doing another Sunday. My point earlier, right? We're not just having a nice time of worship. We're not just hearing another message yet. We're not here to tick a box, right? I'm not here to tick a box, to be just another church on the block. There's enough of that in town. I'm here to see God invade this place in all his fullness and glory. That when we walk out of here, things are completely transformed as a result do you understand that we are not here to mess about and God is stirring and doing something I'm getting ahead of myself but it's so important that we see that to realize that God is on the move and every time we come in here every time we have an encounter every time we do dwell every time you close the door of your room and you sit down or you go on your knees and pray God is doing something special he is adding to where you are it's like taking a step further in that journey where you are that you are on with God I need you to think bigger picture right to realize what God is doing here he wants to lead us in new ways of understanding to deepen our knowledge and understanding of who he is to experience him in such amazing ways that we are filled to the brim like that sponge right carrying the fullness of his glory everywhere we go glimpses of those places have appeared, right? They are coming up. They are bubbling up, if that makes any sense. Dwell, as I said, on Tuesday was really powerful and the encounter was just the same. And again, I'm not just saying that. Please, that, this is not me saying I need attendance to go up, right? This is not my heart behind this message. I couldn't care if we four people at the encounter or 24 people. As long as those four, 24, I want to meet Jesus tonight. I'm expecting stuff to happen tonight, right? I'm not just showing up to tick a box, but God's going to do something so magnificent here that I'm going to be transformed and go away different as a result. And that's going to impact my family. It's going to impact my workplace. It's going to impact my neighbors and everything around, right? I've done a lot of encounters, probably more than most of you put together but I know that when well, some people have been around a long time so I can't say that but I've done a lot of encounters I, I know what it feels like as someone that has led a lot when we don't hit the target right I know what it feels like when and I come out and I'm like God were you really there tonight were you really moving and you have those thoughts as a person that you know that leads stuff you have those thoughts I know what a regular encounter looks like in that sense I know that Wednesday was different. God's presence in the room, the release of the word, the cry from people, because it's all led by us. Again, right? God is ready. He, he doesn't have to build himself up to something. He's 100% there all of the time, right? He's not changed and he won't change. God is ready. It's about us. But the cry of the people in the room 
to be carriers of his glory and, and, and it affecting everything around us. Karen shared about what God has been doing in her and how she longs to get to the point where she walks through the corridor of her school. And as she does, kids are being transformed because she is carrying God's glory inside of her. We don't even have to speak. We don't have, even have to. Why well, you see Paul do that in the word. Now, Paul isn't any different than you guys. He's not different than me. He just took Jesus very seriously, right? He had a manner of life about him. And that's powerful. Imagine that. You walk through your workplace or you go into your room and suddenly the atmosphere changes. People are just taken. And you see that in stories of revival. It is so beautiful. People walking into your space People starting to cry uncontrollably because of who they're carrying, because of Jesus. Not because of the person. Like, we know one nothing, right? Like, uh, there's no, like Sharon was saying, like, I can't do anything. It's because God in us, Jesus through us, right? This should get you excited, not feeling bad, right? This should get you very excited. But all of that comes from a very special place, a place that Moses knew very well in a place that we need to get to know better, right? A place of deep, deep intimacy and love. A place where, again, we're so taken over by him that nothing else really matters. And when we come here together on a Sunday, don't see it as just another Sunday. See it as an opportunity to come together and together experience more of who God is, right? To go further on this journey than before, to encounter him in deeper ways, to build something with him. Uh, we talked about a few weeks ago, um, I shared, I think, that Clive had this word around the strongholds. And usually strongholds are understood to be a negative thing, right? We want to break the stronghold of the enemy and all that, blah, blah, blah. But it's also kingdom strongholds, right? Good strongholds. Uh, strongholds of his truth, stronghold of his love, stronghold, good stronghold, kingdom stronghold. Now God is building and he's building a stronghold here in us, through us. He's building a stronghold and he's increasing the pace as well. There's a pace at which God wants us to go and he's increasing that pace. Now, I prayed that over Karen and Marcel, but it's not just for them, right? God is increasing the pace of what he's doing in the nation, in the nations. At that conference, it was all leaders from different ministries. I can tell you they're seeing the same stuff happen yeah, it's not something where it's on the news yet in that sense, but God is stirring something and we need to have the eyes to recognize that and actually then take a step and be like, okay, I've, I've tried this before, maybe, but let's try it again. Let's go with what God is doing again. Now, I want to stress this again. God increasing the pace might raise something very quickly inside of you. Like, I don't know if I got any pace in me. Life's already so busy, whatever. It doesn't mean you're going to be out of breath. Please, I'm going to bring that up again and again because I believe that if God is going to do this, there is a way to sustain it. Now, I don't know what that way is because I've not been there, right? But where we are going, whatever the pace is at, as we sync our pace with what God is doing, there will be a way to sustain that. There will be a way for every one of us to thrive and not strive, to not feel out of breath in that season, if that makes sense. There's an invitation here to sync up with him, but also an opportunity to not. Because God's going to move regardless of what we do. Right? He has an agenda and that agenda is going to take place whether we jump on board or we just look at the thing go. If we settle for a certain level of Christianity, for lack of better words, he's going to let us. Right? But he's going to move beyond that. He's going to take those willing beyond that. And I'm telling you, I want to be the beyond that people. Right? I want to be there. Just like David did, right? Like our manner of life will dictate how much of the working of what God wants to do we will see. And just like David did, we need to stir ourselves up. Let faith arise in us and expectation build. Because again, we're talking about the King of Kings here. Right? And David knew that. Come on, oh my soul. Praise him. Let's do it. Let's go at it. Let's give him our best. Because then I know I'm going to have a breakthrough. Because then I know I'm going to get to a new place where I haven't, I haven't known before. Right? And believe me, there are new places for each of you to experience 
with God. And that's so good. So good. Um, now, I don't know if Sharon said this at the beginning, but I was fully aware that today we would not stick to time. If you have to go at 11.30, which is in two minutes, that's completely fine. You know, and, and I mean it, it's completely fine. But I will not rush this because I think that it's just this important. Now, notice the difference between these two scenarios, right? And again, this, isn't a, this shouldn't be... A, condemnation thing there is no condemnation this should stir something in our heart and just put a little bit of a yeah let's let's do it let's let's go at it and and I'm guilty of those things too I cannot make that clearer so let's spot the difference between these two on any given Sunday right you wake up you have breakfast maybe some people don't like breakfast I can't live without breakfast um they get dressed they get into the car and on the way they talk about the weather whatever plans they have in the afternoon then you come into church you say hi to a few people uh and have a coffee and choose a seat worship starts and you know suddenly you roll into worship I'm out. Do you see where I'm going with it? You roll into worship and you worship start and slowly but surely you start connecting with God and you're getting to a place of whatever in his presence. Now, let's go to another scenario. On any given Sunday, you wake up, you have breakfast because I can't live without breakfast. You spend some time in the word of God, hearing what he's saying and God speaks to you that morning about his love, let's say, right? On your way to church, you share with your partner, with whoever, with the kids, about what God's been saying to you. And you start praying together as a result. As you arrive to church, you know that God wants to demonstrate more of his love because you've, you've prayed into that and he's spoken into that, right? And so you know there's something fresh that God wants to do with his love on that morning. Now you've been praying to it, you're expecting to see a continuation of what happened in the private area, into the corporate as we come together. And as the worship starts, you start worshiping out of that place. Jesus, you love me. Jesus, you've been speaking about that love. Jesus, I love you. You are so amazing. From your own time, you come in expectant. You know what God wants to do in something. So you give yourself fully into that time. Do you see the difference? Now, so many times, I'm in the first scenario, right? It's so easy with how busy we live our lives. And again, this is going to condemnate. I'm just saying, it's so easy to live in the first scenario of like, let's just get this over with, almost. And, and, and I've said this, right? And that's wrong. That's not okay. Because we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about God. He's holy. He's worthy. And he's, in all his greatness, he's eager to meet with me. And I'm like, let's get this over. What? That doesn't make sense, right? Please hear me. This isn't a message that says Kevin wants us to do more. <laughs> but we're so ankle deep right now. And God is calling us to be knee deep, waist deep, to be completely submerged by him. And that means adjusting our manner of life that Manoah realized. Right? What manner of life do I have to teach this child so he will be able to fulfill his mission of life? Such wisdom is now. Maybe we all need to go home and be like, God, what does my manner of life need to look like? If you are doing something right now, I want to be part of that something. Whatever I need to adjust to be part of that something. I want my manner of life to be so strong and established in the way you want it that I can sustain the mission of life and whatever pace you're increasing and whatever release you're going to bring in the future. Amen? You're still with me. Good. No one has run off yet, which is good. But I know God has been speaking to me about extended times in his presence. I need to find a way to make more space in my week to have more time just to be with Jesus. Not to have an agenda, not to go through a list of congregation stuff, to be with Jesus. I know that I need to fast more regularly, every week. Now this is me. This is out of my own time with God, out of my notebook. This is what God's saying to me. I'm not putting that pressure on you. Right? I'm not saying this is what you need to do to get to that. It's not a formula. But there is a response that we all have to take to this for sure. Because something fresh is being released. And if we tap in into that, we're just at the beginning of it. And my heart in all of this is for none of us to miss out. Right? So do everything you can to be here on Sundays. 
Do everything you can to be at the encounter. Do everything you can to be at as many dwell as possible. Not because I want attendance to go up, but because God is stirring something. And when we come and tap into the corporate of what he's doing, he's moving the whole body together further along, right? He's moving the whole body together. I don't know if I should share this. The same leader that shared about the Manoa stuff said this. One day he walked into a ministry and he was meant to be a speaker there. Now, this, is, this might upset some paradigms in your head. God spoke to him as he was sitting there and said, do you see the size of this ministry? And there were thousands of people there, right? Do you see the size of this ministry? And he said, yeah. And God said to him, it should be 10 times the size that it is today. But because the leader and his manner of life isn't ready to handle that, you know, that growth or that output, right? So it is the way it is today. Now that's sobering, right? Especially if you're involved in church. Especially if you're involved in part of me. I heard that. I was like, God, I don't want to mess about. You're doing something. I need to respond to that, right? I need to adjust and do whatever it takes. Oh, I, I hope you're getting my heart in this. Because I can guarantee you, right, that if we really want to be there, if we're so desperate to meet with Jesus, not for what he can do, but for who he is, so desperate to meet with our king. In Revelation, it says, I have this against you when he speaks about you for, you've forgotten your first love. I don't want to forget, right? Hannah's testimony is so beautiful you can hear that love that appreciation for what Jesus did and don't ever lose that and we can lose that so easily and be so taken over by the side missions you know let's put on a nice event let's do this let's do that let's what it's about Jesus and we need to respond to this invitation to come and be more intimate be more taken over by who he is and so I need to say come on Kev Come on, Kev, today we're encountering God. Today, God's going to move more in my life than yesterday. Today, Jesus, I love you. I want to be with you because God won't be fooled, right? He won't be fooled. We cannot do this because we want something out of it. We cannot do this to tick a box. That's why I'm saying I'm not after attendance because if you come just because Kev said so, you won't see much happen. That's not the heart, right? It's Jesus, that's the heart. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want to see you, right? Jesus. We love Jesus. And because of that, we want to spend time with him. David says in another psalm, my soul longs for you. I thirst for you. Can I really say that about myself? That this is my manner of life. That I thirst, I long for the Lord. That he's first in everything. We've been talking about this for weeks. But we can assume so easily that, yes, God is first in our life. But does our life and our manner of life really reflect that? So God wants us to go further than we've ever been. And this is not an in-your-own-strength message to add stuff for the sake of it. Again, it won't work. He's calling us to thrive in this season, to thrive in him. This is a light bulb moment message, right? It's either going to go on or not yet. <laughs> There's no other kind of option. But this is a I love you so much Jesus message. Jesus, Jesus, I want to honor you in everything. I don't, I don't want to let anything else get in the way. I want to see your glory in my life. I want to see your glory in here every Sunday. Guys, we can carry this because we've been put in this position all day long. But actually, that's not what God calls us to do. We are part of a body. And the body only works at its best when every part of the body is working in unity towards something. Right? I can be the head and I know where we're going because God is speaking to us as leaders. But if my foot ain't moving, I'm not going anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Next Sunday, when we come together in homes, 
be praying ahead of Sunday. Be sowing into that. God, when I come and I'll be in the home with my, with my family, my church family, I know that you're going to do something sovereign, something powerful. Whether the kids are there or not, whether it's messy or not, whether it's an activity or not, whether I like the song on the worship or not, whether the TV works or doesn't, you're going to move powerfully because it's the expectation of the heart that you respond to. Thank you, Jesus. There's something when we come together corporately. God responds to the heart. And so if me and Sharon are believing for this to happen, but everyone just rocks up, we won't get anywhere. It's the same thing. Do you know what I mean? And again, this isn't a condemnation thing, but this is something that God's stirring in my heart so hard of like, I know you need to do something in me to get there, right? Because I'm not ready. I know that. I'm not ready to, to, to go fully submerged beyond the ways deep. I don't think the church is in general. I don't think the church in the West, the way it's set up, the way we've been doing things, I don't think the church is fit for purpose. That might upset you as well. I think God is shifting things Bringing the church back to himself, away from the programs and the things to Jesus. To, we need to open the word, look at what the truth said and li- says and live like it. God is shifting things and putting things in place, ready for the release. And I think we're closer than ever to that release. Whether you want to call it revival, a move of God, whatever. And I believe it's going to be sustainable. And I believe that it's for a generation to be involved with. It's not a few leaders on a platform. It's all of us together moving forward into his purposes. So you're all going to have a part to play in that move. Amen. If you let God do what he wants to do, you're all going to have a part to play in whatever release there's going to be. If this message has gone over your heads today, I apologize for that because I'm aware that it's not the easiest thing to grab hold of. But if it's gone over your head, I don't want you to raise your hand or anything like that right now, but come have a conversation because I want to explain and get you to a point of realizing, oh, this is what you mean. Oh, this is what it means for me. Because again, it's the whole body moving together and it's us being one heart and one mind to go to the place. where. So we, we had a great time of worship today. Man, there's places we need to be at, we need to get to. And that's not on Timmy, right? Timmy has to learn some stuff just like everybody else, but it's all of us together going deeper, going further, just giving of ourselves in fresh new ways and seeing God's release in that, right? You up for some of that? Great. Now, I was going to have us go back into worship, but I think we're just going to pray. We're just going to pray. And really, I can't can't pray for you guys. I know I say this often in a response, but yeah, I can pray and release something. Oh, this is just, God, I need to grab this for myself. You know, when someone says from the front, I have this word for this healing. You've, you've, You've seen the conferences, the things. It's still up to the person sitting in the pews to say that healing is mine. It's me he's talking about, right? So I can see all those things that says, God wants to move. God has your hand up. But there's still something in here that needs to say, yes, that's me. Amen to that. I'm here for it. Let's have it, right? So I'm going to pray. Don't be passive in this moment. In your heart, be like, God, I don't know what this looks like. I'm not even sure I understand what he's talking about. But I feel this burning inside of me. Let's, let's have it, Jesus. Let's go further. Take me further. Show me what further looks like. Right? Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Lord, we know that people scream for revival a lot. And some people would say, the beginnings of revival are here already. Father, we know that Revival starts with us. 
revival isn't a tap you turn on out of nowhere and suddenly revival's here and we haven't done anything. Revival starts in us. Revive us, Lord. Revive us. So we see the fruits of revival. The fruit of revival is what we often think about. The healings, the people queuing in front of church, the things happening. Those are the fruit of revival. The real revival is in us. Father, do that in us. Revive us, Lord, I pray. Teach us your ways. Let us see your word in a fresh new way. Teach us a place of intimacy and closeness like Moses had. That you'd sp he spoke to you like a friend face to face. Lord, in our rooms, come and invade our space. Come and invade our hearts. Come mess up our agendas, our priorities. Lord, readjust our timing of things. Father, I need you. I need you, Jesus. Without you, there is no point in all of this. It's just a club. But Lord, this is your church. It's not a club. King of kings, Lord of lords, it's your church. And you have a purpose for this body. For these 53 people we are on paper as part of Kingdom Faith Burgess Hill. You have a very specific purpose and you are doing something with us at this moment. It's not been a thing that has been dormant that we're looking to activate. It's happening already. It's bubbling up. And Father, we want to continue to tap into that. Lord, show us your ways. Lead us in your grace and mercy and love to where you want us to be. Take us from ankle deep to knee deep. Take us from knee deep to waist deep. Let us share what knee deep and waist deep looks like with one another to stir each other on. Father, I know that I need to let go of control as a leader. Help me to do that. Help me to go beyond what I think is okay and what's not okay, what I've known, what I, what I know to flow into. Father, take away any, any agenda, any control, any thought we might have in our head of, of this is what it looks like or this is what it's supposed to look like or this is the way Jesus operates. No, Lord, we just want you. We just want you. You completely, you fully, nothing else but you. Lord, help us. Because we cannot get there by ourselves. We cannot rely on experience or knowledge to get there because we've never been there. We cannot rely on, on, on past meetings and conferences and ways to operate where I know if I pray in tongues or if I do this or if I go on my knees. We cannot rely on all of that to activate something. We just need to follow the lead of your Holy Spirit. And let that voice be so loud in our head that we couldn't deny this is God. This is what I need to do right now. And that can happen in each of your rooms, just alone. I want to encourage that because what we carry in the private will get expressed in the corporate. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we praise you. We give you all glory, honor, and praise. We are so humbled that you even saying these words to us because you mean business, but also because you've chosen us. You've chosen how? You've chosen us to be part of this. Lord, I'm amazed at that. Help us, Lord, we pray. In your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.